Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. From the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy. Ah, oh, listen to that. The great Johnny Gilbert making the lead guitar squeal. We are back on Inside Jeopardy. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Your exclusive and official podcast official. destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Michael Davies, joined again by my new friend, my old friend, my new old friend, my old new friend, producer Sarah Foss. Oh, so good to be your friend, Michael Davies. Oh, that's so nice. So, so much going on in the world of Jeopardy. You and I, we certainly have the looks of two people who've been through the <laughs> ringer over the last few weeks. We've been through Second Chance. We've been through TOC. Oh my God, I can't wait for you to see both of those competitions. And we've been through the, Five weeks. Yes, of, of the, the regular, regular season. Too. Um, the amazing Jeopardy honors, the amazing Hall of Fame inductions. It's just been a very busy time over here. But a good time. So much positive response to honors. I think people are loving all the things that Jeopardy is providing. And it's really fun to hear the great feedback. Yeah, fantastic. If you haven't seen it, there's a wonderful YouTube video up on our YouTube channel, a recap of everything that happened at Honours, including this award show that Sarah put together in no amount of time with her team, with Alexa and Carlos. And it was just such a beautiful evening, such a wonderful evening, especially the induction into the Hall of Fame of Harry Friedman and Johnny Gilbert and Alex Trebek and Merv and Julianne Griffin. Those speeches, the acceptance speeches by Tony Griffin, by Gene Trebek, by Johnny Gilbert, and the wonderful recorded message from Harry Friedman just moved everyone, moved the whole staff, moved all of the TOC and many of the Second Chance contestants who were in attendance. We got a lovely letter this week from we Julanne did. Griffin. Yes. And Julanne wrote to our producer, Lisa Broffman, and just said that really this is the first time she's ever been acknowledged for her role in creating Jeopardy, creating this incredible brand. And it was only Alex who ever gave her a lot of credit for it. So that meant a lot to receive that letter, and she was very moved by it. So, yes, that was amazing. We're still recovering from all of that. We're recovering from Celebrity. <laughs> Last night's Celebrity episode, we'll get to it later in the broadcast. Great win for Ike Barinholtz. Not such a good day for everybody in the Celebrity Jeopardy world. But anyway, we'll get there. And a lot to talk about. Yeah, we are just now one week away from the start of our second chance competition airing. And you can find the roster, the format, the contestant matchups. They're actually up right now for both weeks of competition at Jeopardy.com. I know people have a lot of thoughts about the matchups, but you have to know a lot of thought from our team went into them. And remember, the winner of each of those weeks will receive that automatic bid to this year's Tournament of Champions. Two spots up for grabs lot at stake. Yeah, so great to have all of these players back, all the second chance players, all the TOC players back to compete on the Alex Trebek stage. I am really looking forward to talking more about the games in the upcoming weeks here on the pod. There are going to be a lot of questions. There are going to be a lot of comments. I know we're going to have to get to all of them. Yes, but in the meantime, we have some great games to discuss from the past week of regular Jeopardy. Regular Jeopardy. Yes, as champion Chris Panulo had quite a week and ended up securing his sixth win. And of course, as Michael referenced, we've got Celebrity Jeopardy to discuss, so 
Let's get into it. Let's get into the recaps. Absolutely. Chris Panulo, his second game that aired on Monday, playing against Jay Scott, Gabrishek, and Jenny Malat. Yes, and Jenny, really good handwriting. She could be a nominee, perhaps, <laughs> for our best signature in next year's honors. Really loved that. And Chris, no surprise, he got off to an early start. Bet big, true daily double right early off in the Jeopardy round. And Ken actually joked, all right, you're, gonna, you're going all in. You're going to do the James Holtzauer all-in move. And he said, no, I'm not as good as James Holtzauer. So. But he got it correct, and he really just continued to dominate from there. He dominated in double Jeopardy, had another big daily double. And, you know, it was a runaway game for him, and he became a two-day champion. A lot of comments on the final Jeopardy response and the fact that Jay Scott was not able to finish the word neighbors. Oh, yeah. Clear that he hadn't finished. Obviously, it wasn't going to impact the outcome of the game, but people were commenting that, you know, maybe it was because the response was so long. Have to say the other two were able to get it correct and finish in time. So good game for Chris, most of all, I would say. He was happy to walk away with another big win. Tuesday, Chris comes back now. Two wins, coming back for his third game. Already won $63,379 at this point. Plays against Sean Holloway and Jacqueline Liao. Yeah, goes in big again early on with a true daily double in the Jeopardy round. It was in the category toying around. He ends up getting the Daily Double correct and all the clues in that category. He ran the category, so that was exciting. He actually was three for three on Daily Doubles and pulled off another huge runaway. Although incorrect in final, I have to say. So. (laughs) <laughs> Although 34 correct responses in this game, as producer Carlos always says, that is super champion yes. level play. Those are super champ stats. Very true. Okay, Chris's fourth game, Wednesday, 5th of October, playing against Tori Martin and Francis Gomez. Yeah, another early true daily double in the Jeopardy round kind of seems to be his style. Once again, incorrect in final, but he's now four for four. Runaway games for Chris Panulo. Four runaways. Not a bad way to end a Wednesday for Chris. Yeah, and a 31 correct response game. Comes back uh, on Thursday against Joe Austin and Jeff Parker and has another great game. Yeah, but Jeff did give him a run for his money. They were really close at the end of the game. You know, 16800 for Chris, 12700 for Jeff. But it comes down to final. This is the first time that Chris didn't have a runaway and really needed to get final Jeopardy correct. He did. Jeff didn't. He becomes a five-day champion with $136,459, and he's headed officially to the 2023 Tournament of Champions. Uh, On Friday, Chris comes back, plays against Kate Matthews and Dan Fayer. Yeah, and Dan, again, was giving him a run for his money. You know, it was a very close lead, only slight lead for Chris after the Jeopardy round. But then in double Jeopardy, Dan made a run for it, but he was incorrect at a big daily double. And it ended in a fifth runaway for Chris. I had the chance to catch up with him after that fifth win. And uh, let's see what he had to say. Chris Panulo, five-day Jeopardy! champion. How does that feel? Uh, It feels great. It it was an honor just to play one game. And so five-game champion, it's beyond a dream. So in a few weeks, you're going to get to watch the Tournament of Champions knowing that next year you're going to be competing in the Tournament of Champions. What's that going to be like for you? It's going to be great because I know that I'm not going to be facing Amy Schneider and Matt Amodio <laughs> and all of the multi-super champions that came about last year. So hopefully uh, next year I stand some sort of a shot. What were your goals coming into this Jeopardy! experience? Just to play the way I wanted to, to make the right bets in the right situations. If I get the question right or wrong, that doesn't really matter. I can't control that. But I just wanted to put myself in good situations and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Speaking of chips, we know you are an ex-poker player. 
Do you think that's helped you at all in these big wagering moments? You know, just just staying calm and being able to bet big when you need to. Yeah, I think just in terms of nerves, it helps me to, you know, make the right decision, make the rational decision, even when my mind is telling me, no, please don't bet everything. So it's definitely helpful in a sense. What has been the best part of this experience so far for you? Oh, the fact that it's not over yet. Um, That's the best part. And just being here and seeing how everything goes down and just being able to test myself against so many great players who were, were all incredible people and incredible performers. Chris, congratulations on five wins and a spot in the Tournament of Champions. We'll see how the rest of your run plays out. Thank you so much. You know, what I like about Chris, what I really noticed about him, he has that calmness under pressure. He has that very consistent playing style. He bounces back after bad things happen. He's just a very, very, mentally, he's a very strong Jeopardy player and Jeopardy competitor. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch what happens next week. But right now, wow, let's talk about last night's episode of Celebrity Jeopardy. Yes, Constance Wu. Ike Barinholtz, Jalen Rose. This is our third episode of Celebrity Jeopardy. I mean, we should address at the top of this that, you know, I think that the first episode of Celebrity Jeopardy, the reviews came in. I think Daily Base called it the best drama on television. And even at the point I read that, I think I texted you immediately and said, <laughs> said well, we're not every week the best drama right, on television. Right, that yes. first episode was particularly dramatic. I said episode two may be one of the best comedies on television. Agreed. I would say that episode two of Celebrity Jeopardy I think we would characterize that as one of the more polarizing episodes of Jeopardy that certainly I've been involved with. Three comedians, Eddie Wong, Reggie Watts, Eliza Schlesinger, had a lot of fun with the game, had a lot of fun with Mayim. I thought it was a tremendous episode. I've probably not done an episode where I've received more messages from friends and family members who loved every single thing. You know, one uh, one friend of mine was literally weeping watching the show with his wife. And yet there are certain people on Twitter, we completely understand it's a, it, it's a free Jeopardy world, didn't yes, enjoy the episode <laughs> that much. I do think some of the suggestions, I did laugh out loud, some of the suggestions, which is we shouldn't have done a tournament, we should have done two half-hour shows back-to-back. I did the math, that would be... Yes, third, we did the math early yeah, on on yeah, that. <laughs> that would have been booking 54 celebrities. As I've joked, I would have ended up playing on the show. Look, every episode does play a little bit differently. And already in terms of JPT or CJPT, uh, Celebrity Jeopardy production time, we're already eight episodes in. We've done two of the semifinals as well. So we kind of know where this is all going. Every episode has been very different from every other episode. And we've seen things we haven't seen before. Yes, and I think one thing we've learned is those true Jeopardy fans that come on to Celebrity Jeopardy, they want to play this like as if they were on the regular show. And Ike Barinholtz certainly came into that game that way. He is a real fan. He says he's watched Alex Trebek through three different phases of with a mustache and without. Like, he loves this game, and he wanted to perform well. Yeah, but I actually wasn't prepared for quite how well he was going to play this game. Yes, and Jalen Rose, even early on in the, the Jeopardy round, he didn't get the response of Connecticut. And he said out loud, I, I lived there for a year. He kind of put his palm to his face, couldn't believe that he had missed that one. It was really Ike that was dominating in the Jeopardy round and also Double Jeopardy. But right there at the end of Double Jeopardy, Constance got out of the negative And really, Triple Jeopardy is where she came alive. Yeah, I think she got two daily doubles. One thing we've said a lot about Triple Jeopardy, the unintended consequences, all of these extra daily doubles on the board. She also made a switch right with her 
with her yeah. signaling device. Switch to the left hand. Yes, she I like it. She said that really helped. Yeah. And Triple Jeopardy also had a special category with Ken Jennings. We called it a long run on TV with Ken Jennings, something he joked he knew a little bit about having a long run. Contestants really seem to enjoy that category, I think, especially Ike, who loves the show so much. We end the round. Jalen is at negative 1,300, but yeah. as... We have done in many times in Celebrity Jeopardy in the past. We want this to be a fun experience for everyone. We want everyone to play Final Jeopardy. So we did award him $1,000. Not enough that it's going to change the outcome, but that he could play Final and be a part of the team. Totally. Ike Barinholtz ended up with 51 correct answers, not a single incorrect answer. 51, I know it's a 90-91 clue game, but that's still a very high percentage when we consider that if you get 30 out of 60 on a regular show, we regard that as a super champion number. Yeah, a little bit of fun was had in uh, Final Jeopardy. Constance did not come up with the correct response. She, It was Titanic. She got out the first three letters. We did have to bleep that a few times because she had fun telling us repeatedly what her response was, the first three letters in Titanic. But all in all, I think all three people had a lot of fun. Even Jalen after was just thanking everyone for the opportunity and saying that he had really was really happy he was able to come and participate in Celebrity Jeopardy. So there you go. Ike goes on to the semifinals. Absolutely. Constant Jalen both won $30,000 for their chosen charities. As you said, Ike advances to the semifinals where he will join Simu Liu and Eliza Schlesinger. It's going to be an amazing game. Yeah, and you can tune in this Sunday, October 16th, to see who will advance to the finals and be one step closer to the million-dollar prize for charity. So exciting. All right, it's time now for week two of our Road to the TOC. This is where we get a chance to hear from some of our Tournament of Champions contestants. First up, my conversation with four-game winner Christine Welchel, who is a true inspiration to us all. Yeah, love her. Christine, last time we saw each other, we didn't know if we would see each other again for the Tournament of Champions, and here you are. Yes, I'm very excited. I went several months not knowing what was going to happen. It was a pleasant surprise to get called back. Were you thinking we were going to go to the four-day champs? Were you thinking this is it? Like, which way were you leaning more towards, would you say? I really did not think there was any chance that any of us four-day champs were going to get in because there were so many people coming through with long streaks. I have to say, in the Jeopardy community, the support for you has been so phenomenal. Have you felt that support on your end? Very much so. The Jeopardy alumni community is wonderful, and it's been wonderful to get so many new friends and to uh, be in touch with people. And I've had a lot of advice since the announcement was made that I'm going to be in a tournament, and I've had a lot of well wishes. And you know what someone told me is make sure and have fun. Well, I have to say, as a cancer survivor, I think you've also been an inspiration for so many others that, you know, you told your story. You you auditioned right around the time of getting your diagnosis. Here you came on the show shortly after your surgery, I believe. What does it mean for you to kind of be someone people can look towards when they're facing cancer in terms of what the future can look like? That still seems kind of strange. It still feels, I mean, sometimes I think about it and I still can't believe that I am that person that it happened to. You know, thankfully I'm hitting those milestones now where it's been a year now since I finished chemo and all my checkups are turning out okay. So I, I don't know, cancer is at this point starting to feel kind of like an annoying ex. I like that, (laughs) that you never want to have to go on a date with again. Right, but I have to see occasionally, Mm -hmm. maybe because of shared custody or something, you know, just have to, it's kind of in the back of, you know, it's kind of in the back of my mind. Um, But I'm really just thankful to be 
through with it. I'm, I'm in school now. I'm really excited about that. And that's honestly what's kind of on the forefront of my mind. <laughs> I read an article recently where you said, watch out, like, don't, don't count me out. I'm coming and I'm coming strong in the Tournament of Champions. Anything can happen. You know, the last Tournament of Champions, the favored contestant got knocked out by a four game winner. We'll just have to see. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're so happy to have you back. And good luck in the TOC, Christine. Thank you very much. And now my conversation with four-game winner, regular Virginia, Margaret Shelton, who defeated Christine Welchel. Margaret Shelton, Hi. you are back. We are so excited to welcome you. I'm back. happy to be here, just like Minnie Pearl. What's it like to be with all these TOC it's amazing. You know, your, your peers? Yes, I have it, the, oh, the, the lead up and the anticipation, it has all paid off so wonderfully. Everybody is just so nice and everybody knows so much. And you know what? I have to say we're all fun. I would say so too. This is a fun group. Yeah, I mean, it when it comes to competition, like you guys are going to get down to business. Oh, we're but cutthroat. But like, you're having fun. But yeah. What was it like going viral oh, for regular Virginia? I don't know. It was kind of shocking. Yes. I keep forgetting it. And then people are like, hey, regular Virginia. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, hi. Hey, back. There's t-shirts. <laughs> I have one. Oh, you have one. Great. Yes, I bought one. And we did a whole category on the show. I have regular never Virginia. been so like. <laughs> You're kind of one of those standout contestants. Because oh, gosh, I think thank you. what it was, not only did you play the game so well, but you had so much fun. And we just enjoyed watching you have that experience. I loved every second of it. I mean, it's like a weird blur. Like, you know. But uh, we have a WhatsApp chat, everybody that I played against. So we just, we chat every day and it's wonderful having them. Well, and to be in such good company. Oh for my such a goodness, thing, amazing like, company. Oh, these are my fellow Jeopardy champions. The three of you in particular, you, Christine, and Maureen, I mean, you just kind of did girl power for weeks there. It was just four day champion after four day champion after four day champion. We had such a good time. Like, and we've had such a good time since we've been here. I have to ask... Were any jewels purchased with your winnings? Yes. So coming back in the TOC, knowing you're guaranteed, you know, a certain amount of money. Right. There's jewelry in your future, no matter what. Oh, for sure. I have a, I have, a, I have choices, like depending. I like it. But what do you think? You know how you've you've been studying. I have been why, studying. Why not you? Well, it could be. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, that's the thing. That's what we all are. Like, you have to think that I could take any one of the the right game, the right questions. It could be me. You know, and I feel like. I know this is bizarre since I never met him in real life, but I felt like I knew Alex because I have been watching it forever since I was a little kid. And so I just feel like he's up there smiling down on us. I think he would approve of us. Oh, he would love this season. I so feel he's a part of this season and he would have loved to have a champion like you because he just loved knowledge, but he also loved people who really enjoyed playing the game. So thank you for it. bringing that to all of us this season. Well, thank y'all for allowing us to. Have a great Tournament of Champions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so excited. All right, next up we have seven-game winner and half-zip connoisseur, Brian Chang. Brian Chang, welcome back to Jeopardy! Thank you. It's so good to be back here. Who knew back in Season 37 you were our first qualifier for this Tournament of Champions, but... We couldn't have imagined what this field would look like. You know, I remember when there was a long drought and there were no qualifiers for the TOC, and I thought, boy, it's going to be a long, long time. And it has been a long time, but there have been some very, very exciting qualifiers since then. I don't think anyone will ever forget your uncanny circumstances. Here you are, a seven-day champion, just cruising along. All of a sudden, you're going up against a four-day champion because of COVID and the restrictions. 
What was that like? I knew who Zach Newkirk was because I was trying to figure out what to wear for my first episode. And I saw a picture of Zach wearing a <laughs> orange quarter zip sweater. And I thought, that looks pretty good. I should wear that. And so I did it for my first game. And then I saw him in the audience before we taped. And I thought, oh, no, they brought back Zach Newkirk. Here you both are, back in the TOC. Well, I'm glad that I get a chance to maybe exact my revenge on him. I like it. Now you had the most time to prepare, Brian. What's that like, good or bad? Oh, it's great. Eight hours of buzzer practice every day. Really? No, of course not. Oh, okay. That was impressive. But honestly, it's almost difficult to know for so long that you're going to be competing in a tournament, but not knowing for so many months when it will actually take place. Yeah, I had the luxury of knowing that I probably really did qualify rather than, you know, the four game people who were a little bit on the fence whether they were going to get to play. Um, So I'm lucky in that regard. I'd say not just luck, but it is funny that a seven game champ is kind of lower on the totem pole this season. That's crazy, right? A little bit, but it takes the pressure <laughs> off. You know, I, I feel like maybe there's a little bit more pressure on the Amy's and Matt's and Mateas of the world. All right. So you thinking you're going to sneak in maybe a little dark horse? Maybe a little dark horse. Although the real dark horse in this tournament is probably Andrew He. You know, I asked him about that and he said he doesn't think he should have that title. Andrew is famously modest. Um, I, I don't know if you knew this. I was Andrew's RA in college. I did not know this. A small world. Oh my goodness. Really? Yeah. How do we not? How has this not been on Inside Jeopardy before now? I don't know. So when did your paths cross again? Was it after he competed on the show? No, we auditioned on the same day over Zoom. And I thought, oh, I know that guy. That is crazy. What a small world. Yeah. So we do want to go up against Andrew at some point, or we do not? Absolutely not. I think Andrew (laughs) is my personal favorite to win the TOC. All right. I love it. It's so great to have you back, Brian. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It's been a minute, but we're happy that you're back. And we look forward to having a great competition for you in the TOC. Thank you. All right, last but not least, my conversation with Sam Buttry, our first ever Jeopardy! Professors Tournament champion. Sam Buttry, welcome back. Seems like we just saw you at the Professors Tournament. You won that, and here you are for the Tournament of Champions. I I am. I'm delighted to be back and uh, take on some of these other great champions. You can never get enough Jeopardy! You know, even when you competed, we couldn't have known how many big champions we were going to continue to have as the season unfolded. What was that like for you watching at home, knowing you were going to compete against them? As a Jeopardy fan, I was delighted to see a lot of really great champions. Very exciting season, maybe the most uh, exciting that I can remember. And all that time I was thinking to myself, shoot, I've got to face these people. (laughs) But I'm very much looking forward to it. Well, you had great competition in the Professor's Tournament. Such a nice group of people in addition to being great competitors, but what a great group that was. They really were. We're uh, still very much in touch, at least to some extent. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I think half of them or more could be in the position I'm in now because, you know, Jeopardy is a game of inches, a sport of inches, as we're saying now. Oh, yes. Jeopardy is a sport. We, if you can't remember, we'll remind you, Jeopardy is a sport. Speaking of sport, you know, this tournament format is different than anything we've done before. Yeah, it's a bit more of a challenge for those first round players, certainly. And it changes the strategy. Clearly, playing to win, in in some sense, makes it a little bit easier because you know what you have to do. But um, I, I, I have to confess some fondness for the format under which you are able to play a very strong game, get nipped out at the end by another strong player and still move on to the next round. Uh, That having been said, I'm happy to do whatever Jeopardy wants me to do, and I'm prepared to win outright if that's what it takes. I like it. I would be remiss if I didn't mention all the Steve Martin comparisons. I'm sure you've experienced it all your life, but the Jeopardy community, they certainly picked up on it as well. 
It is true. There's a large number of people on the internet who think I look like Steve Martin. And I, I have been getting that since before my Jeopardy time. But this uh, experience, of course, exposed me to a lot more people, yes. Jeopardy being very popular. And uh, it's a fun ride to be on. You know, I, I enjoy Steve Martin's work. He's very talented. He mentioned me in a tweet, and you can't get more exciting than that. That so, was so cool. I, I, I mean, I was it. excited. I was excited. That. I think the only person who wasn't that excited was Steve Martin. But Steve, if you're out there, I'm making that sign with my hand that says, call me. <laughs> he is. I can I can vouch for it. What's the best part about being back? You know, just uh, reliving the experience I had earlier, but with this new group of people, all of whom I've seen on TV. I mean, I've had a nice chat with Matt Amodio, and not everybody can say that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, pretty soon I'll be doing Jeopardy. And honestly, I really like playing Jeopardy. It's a lot of fun. I don't think anybody here is here because they want to win the money. They all want to win the tournament. But it's not the financial thing. It's the uh, idea of being a Jeopardy champion that makes people excited. And I know it makes me excited. I'm ready to go. All right, Sam, we can't wait to see you compete in the tournament. Welcome back. Go represent for the professors. Thank you very much. This has been fun. All right, Michael, we've almost reached the end of the show, but first it's time. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to Factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at Factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. Time for viewer questions. Okay, here we go. While watching Celebrity Jeopardy, writes Kyle, the episode with the video category of Austin. My question is... Does he pick the questions or is that done by the writers? Producer Sarah. Well, Kyle, the writers do write all of the material. I do share it with any of our celebrity presenters ahead of time and make sure that, you know, they're comfortable with it. They feel like it's accurate. As you know, in that category, we went right to Austin's bar and he had a lot of fun fixing up those drinks. He also had a lot of fun with all the comments about his category. He texted me after. I was like, wow, Reggie really didn't like me, huh? But as we heard, Reggie came around to Austin and I think all of our Jeopardy fans were thrilled to see a category from Austin. Okay, Bridget, uh, Bridget asks, <laughs> since it could be Bridget, could it be could Bridget. Be. You never, we don't know. nobody knows. Nobody knows. Since episodes are taped in advance, how does the production team schedule <laughs> and keep track of when certain episodes will air? The hosts usually mention the day the episode will air, finishing out the week, for example. And some episodes have holiday categories, so it would be confusing if episodes don't line up with the days correctly. Has there ever been a mix-up? Well, our writers go to great length to make sure that these categories, most of them within a holiday week or those types of things, as we've talked about, our writers prepare six games for each five games that we are going to tape. And those then get randomly selected by our person from Standards and Practices. They select out five of the six games. They put them in the random order. So our writers don't really know in advance what day within the week with holidays and things like that they're going to end up airing. However, if there's a category that specifically needs to drop on a certain day, it's a drop-in category. And that category gets dropped in within whatever game gets assigned to that day. 
I've never heard of any mix-up, again, because of the luxury that we tape so far in advance. We know these things going in, even the things that the host mentions, like we think about those ahead of time. It's all well-produced, I would like to think. Oh, I'm constantly confused, uh, Bridget. Bridget. <laughs> I have no idea where we are at any point in the schedule. Between Jeopardy production time, Jeopardy airtime, Celebrity Jeopardy production time, Celebrity Jeopardy airtime, Inside Jeopardy time, which is its own time continuum unto itself i find it all very confusing all i know is that this has been a whirlwind couple of months in the world of jeopardy we've made so much content content that's going to air i think until you know well through the end of the year yes 2023 we're already ready for you all right well that is it for today's episode of inside jeopardy next monday we're going to be discussing another week of gameplay as chris panulo is going for his seventh win and we'll find out which of our celebrities is headed to the finals plus more of my conversations with our tournament of champions contestants yeah you definitely don't want to miss those you don't want to miss any of this make sure you subscribe to this podcast rate us leave us a comment share across social and follow us please at jeopardy on twitter on instagram on facebook and on youtube and we will see you and johnny will bring his guitar next week see you then (laughs) 